Welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast. A little later than normal, after James was too busy with his other favorite team, uh, you want to let everyone know what happened here and, and why we're recording in the <laughs> seemingly in the middle of the day here yeah. and, and why the Devils are more important than the Islanders. <laughs> well, we were about to hit record when uh, I got a note in my inbox that, hey, Tyler Toffoli has been traded to the Devils for Yegor Sharangovich and a 2023 third round pick. And I was like, well, shit, I have to write the news article. I have to attend the um, welcoming Zoom conference with Tyler. And, uh, you know, that took about the rest of the night. So uh, I texted you reluctantly saying super bad timing, but uh, Tyler Toffoli is a devil and I am going to be busy. And um, yeah, so you kind of gave me a hard time, told me that I was the worst co-host in the history of the world and said, fine, we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll, so I'll take a little bit of credit of why we didn't just do this last night. Uh, I just go to bed really early. So you said that and I just pretty much packed it in. And that was like 845. I was exhausted for. Yeah, I just kind of just got into bed and, and was keeping up on the news for a little bit until my eyes started getting heavy. And uh, that was about 930. And I just I just packed it in. So we probably could have done it late last night. And that wouldn't have been weird for us. Like we've we've done that before. Um, so I'll take a little bit of credit. Um, if that's the right word for why this is, I'll take a little bit of heat off of you. Maybe is what I'm trying to say. Um, Thanks. But it's it's way funnier to give you a hard time uh, <laughs> as we as we try to do this in the summer. Which this is a tough week. I'm also trying oh, to it's move. Tough. So then next and and that might be. I don't think it's going to be this weekend. So we're probably fine for next week. I know we put out that scheduling note on Twitter. I don't think I'm actually going to be able to move. I'm willing it into existence i like ordered the u-haul and everything um if anyone i i I tweeted this through my personal account which is now if you're watching on youtube we have our twitter handles they made a cool update at Streamyard. so very cool um at john zeller for those who aren't following me directly uh on twitter and that can't see that on the bottom of our screen um for anyone that's going to buy a house just be prepared for everyone that's involved in the situation to tell you that they have all this experience and they've been doing this for such a long time only for you to have to push everyone to do their job. That's all that I've been doing is, is like playing referee and making sure people are communicating. It is so frustrating. And then just pulling information out of people. I do not understand why this is the way that it is, but um, hopefully soon I'll be in by next weekend. I'll try to get, my office set up. Um, I have to get some Islander memorabilia up on the wall, and hopefully, it looks a little more normal than y'all looking at my bed, uh, which is weird. I don't like that. That it's just on the internet <laughs> for the most part. Uh, I sh- I'm sure you feel the same way. I used to have a blur. It used to blur. Um, I, I don't want to mess with things as we're we're in the middle of of doing this because I'm sure that I'll screw it up, but. Anyway, so as the hiccup was last night with with Tyler Toffoli going to the Devils, there were a lot of trades this week, and yeah, the everyone was everyone seems to be busy. Um, so I, I just wanted to run through and get some quick thoughts on things from you because yeah, I, I go for it. You know, uh, PLD Pierre Luc Dubois to LA after everyone was pretty sure he was going to Montreal. This sounds awfully familiar 
to another situation that it was dealing with the Islanders to make everything about the Islanders last summer. Um, so it seems like these things just change up until it's not anymore. Um, so what are your what are your thoughts on that? Are you surprised to see him go to, um, to the Kings? No, I'm not surprised. I like everybody else. I thought that Montreal was going to be a heavy suitor for him too. But the, you know, the word was that the Kings were pushing hard for for you know PLD and and the Kings have a ton of assets that they were able to utilize in that trade. So it doesn't surprise me that a team like the Kings swooped in and got him. Uh, and you know the the word was that Montreal wasn't really willing to fork over as many assets as LA was. So you know when you have a a, a certain goal in mind and and a, a mission to you know get back into playoff contention and and you know eventually compete for cups perennially, you don't want to give up too much. And and I think that was their mindset. You know Dubois is an excellent player, um, but you know they have a lot of really good young talent there already that they didn't want to get rid of. And and I think LA was willing to, you know, hand over a little bit more. So um, I'm not surprised. Um, although I did think that it was going to eventually end up being Montreal, but uh, regardless, good for uh, good for Dubois and good for good for all parties involved. Cause there was, there was something interesting too um, about the three pieces that went back to Winnipeg. I think they are, they all played in like juniors or, or uh, below the NHL level with a couple other guys already in Winnipeg. I think Neil Pionk is one of them. So um, I feel like all the parties involved are pretty happy regardless of maybe going from sunny LA to wintry uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. And it's a team a lot like Calgary, but you know, that just are having room uh, problems in the locker room. So it's the, you know, there's players that they, they needed to move. There's Dubois, there's, there's some coaching things kind of with both teams a little bit. It's it seemed like a little bit of a mess, but to kind of focus on L.A. who made the playoffs last year, if I'm not. Yes, they did. Yeah. Mistaken. They're looking like a team that in the short term could really compete. They yeah. they do have a mix of forwards at different ages, obviously put in Byfield, but now adding Dubois as another center behind Kopitar. And in addition to. Philip Deneau. They also have Adrian Kempe is really good. So and and um, Trevor Moore is still kind of young, and and they they just signed. Uh, I believe they signed him, but he's he's still got five more years left, including next season. There's a good mix of of players. Um, they have a bunch of RFA's next summer, but that's when the the cap is sent set to go up uh, four million dollars or more. So I think that's really interesting for them. Um, they. They need to sign Corpus Allo, but they do have Phoenix Coldplay. Um, they're both in and around 30 years old. So it's, it's interesting. You know, the, the the D is probably the bigger problem here, and they're not a team that has a ton of cap space left. Although with the forwards figured out, they have four and a half-ish left. It's not impossible to to make some kind of move here. Um, they, they do need a, a, a defenseman or two, maybe even three, but who knows what's in their system as someone that can play a seven. So it was, I thought a good deal for them i really want to see pld like actually play and step up and be the player that people think he can be because for a while we just like have not seen him at his at his best um so crossing our fingers we actually get to see the player that everyone's been talking about for so long um bringing it to new jersey blackwood of san jose was that a surprise for you no, no, not at all. I mean, the, the the communication lines there were open already. You know, Timo Meyer for Fabian Zetterlin, plus 
Um, so definitely not. And, you know, James Reimer is not going back to San Jose. That was confirmed a while ago. Um, you know, they really only had Capo Kakinen, so uh, they needed to fill a, a void there. And, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for Blackwood to play there. And that's what he said at the end of the year. He wanted somewhere where he was going to be able to get the minutes. So, um, you know, I, I wish him nothing but the best. I, I hope he could stay healthy. That was really just what derailed his career from, you know, what looked like a very promising start for, for him. So, um, you know, I, I do hope that he can stay healthy and, and, you know, maybe take over starting goaltending duties in uh, San Jose. Was that surprising it from the New Jersey side who are now going to be riding somebody that really doesn't have a whole lot of NHL experience in, uh, in Schmidt? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I have this funny feeling. I, I don't know exactly yet what, um, or, or who they might go for, but I feel like there is going to be some sort of goaltender acquisition, whether by trade or free agency. Um, you know, I spoke with Mike McKenna a couple weeks ago. Um, really nice guy, by the way. He alluded to, you know, if Samir Varlamov is available, which I don't think he will be. I think he's going to be signed with the Islanders. Um, you know, he would be a really good uh, 1B tandem with Vanacek um, or maybe even a, a Jonas Corposalo, who L.A. might not re-sign. Uh, who's going to free agency. He'd be another good goaltender to run in tandem with uh, Vanacek. I think the Devils know, and because he's waiver exempt, that Schmid should go down for one more year with Utica and just really marinate down there, take you know, take the starting goaltending duties in Utica and run with it and really develop into a strong, um, reliable goaltender at the NHL level. Um, so I think there's going to be one more year where you'll see him maybe be up and down a little bit. And the Devils will figure out a way to get somebody to be in tandem with Vanacek if they don't end up splurging on like a Hellebuck. Um, I don't think he's available, but like a UC Soros. I know Logan Thompson's out there. He doesn't make he doesn't even make a million bucks. I think he's he's out there for 800K. He's a former all star. I don't know how much he's going to cost. That's another good option. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be a full year of Schmid. I think it'll be a, a tandem of Vanacek and somebody else with NHL experience. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think there's some loose ends to tie up in New Jersey. You would know better than me, but they seem to be continuing to grow and, and very actively kind of fill in the gaps. Um, and they're going for it. So yeah. I, I it's I don't know that it's fair to kind of see uh, predict where they're going to be and because there's still more moves to make and you, you never know who kind of pops out of on the younger side of things from from the minors or even just younger player on the team that just steps up. So, um, and, and a lot of those players that they have are still really young. So yeah. their, their ceiling hasn't really even been hit yet. So that's to, to give up Blackwood like that um, after having a really strong tandem or even, you know, a three headed monster with, with Schmidt on the way. Um, it's interesting. It's definitely a risk. And, but we've seen a lot of teams do it that, yeah. you know, they've been Blackwood's been in their system for a really long time. A while, yeah. He's, it's um, been five. Wedge, Wedgewood, Blackwood, yeah. It's been uh, Mileswood. Well, no, there. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of it. So, but a lot it's, of woods. it's just a lot of these a lot of these goalies over the years. Um, where it was Schneider, Kincaid, Blackwood, yeah. Wedgewood. Now, in uh, you know, it was uh, over the years, just a lot of goalies and kind of in and out of um, at New Jersey. So, I hope they can kind of figure that out. Um, Hayes to the Blues really isn't a big deal. Um, but Hall and Felino to Chicago from yeah. Boston is a big deal. And then I believe Felino signed another year at $4 million. Um, 
so just as much as there's uh you know big trades coming into the east there's a lot of good players coming out um to Foley to new jersey we spoke about um there, there's two other things that haven't happened yet but i want to talk about and then kind of move into the islanders here yeah um rumors about duclair out of florida mm-hmm. um that was per your colleague at the fourth period david pagnota um Duclair has one year left. At that was a player bucks. that you you and I have kind of talked about him for a while. Yeah. He's not exactly the player that I think we'd point to. I think the next person we're going to discuss is the person, the, the, the type of player that would be our super pie-in-the-sky um, star <laughs> forward. But... What we've seen out of this team is that it's it's more than the sum of the parts at times, and you never know how a player is going to fit in. I think Duclair did have some injuries, um, but what do you think about him as an option? Where do you think he goes if he doesn't go to you know somewhere like Long Island? Uh, you, you meaning Duclair? Duclair, yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the next one yet. Yeah, okay. This so, is kind of the you know Plan B or C, and it kind of depends on yeah. what Florida wants and. You know, we'll talk about where the Islanders are at in terms of their actual ability to do any of this, um, right. but we'll get there. So, you know, just taking a look around at what's been going on in the NHL, a bunch of teams, you know, like we discussed last week, are taking to the trade market because they don't like what is out there via free agency. And I don't think that that's going to be the path for the Islanders to make any sort of upgrade, right? The Islanders and Lou Lamorello really need to take a look at, you know, what what did the Lightning just do earlier today where they uh, uh, traded Ross Colton for a draft pick, right? Or, or rather, I should flip that and say, what did the Avalanche just do, just do earlier today where they acquired Ross Colton uh, from the Lightning for a draft pick, right? There's a bunch of teams who are up against the cap who are going into tonight's draft wanting to... Um, either accrue assets uh, to draft or they want to sell assets to add. And we know that Lamorello is not rebuilding. We know that he's believes in this core. You know, we've heard it again, right? Um, well, then add to it, right? You have a second round pick. Obviously, the first is gone for Bo Horvat. What teams are, are trying to shed some salary? Florida has made it known that they are one of those teams. If Ross Colton can get a second round pick, um, you know, from from the Avalanche, there's no reason why the Islanders can't trade their second round pick to the uh, Florida Panthers for a guy like Anthony Duclair. I think Duclair and and like you said earlier, we've been banging this drum for a little bit. It is a really good fit, right? He scored 30 goals two seasons ago, right? Last season, he dealt with uh, injury for the majority of the year. But two seasons ago, he's a 30 goal scorer, right? He's fast. He has a, a little bit of a rapport with Matthew Barzell. I think that that would make that first line a really complete line. He knows how to play top minutes with guys like uh, Sasha Barkov, or he played with uh, Sam Reinhart, right? He's played with these really skilled players. So he knows how to, you know, work in those top six minutes. And this is a really good point. You know, he he had the one 30 goal season uh, and, you know, a couple other twenties, but you hope he can bounce back. And at $3 million for one more year, that does kind of fit snugly, especially if they can find a way to get Josh Bailey off the books. That does fit kind of snugly in, into what the Islanders cap situation is. And that's what I'm saying, right? They, they need to go bargain shopping in the, the same way that 
the avalanche just did for, for Ross Colton, or um, I'm trying to remember there's been so much of, I mean, you could even look at what the devils just did with Tyler to and say, they just went bargain shopping too. Um, and, and this is the kind of move that Lamorello needs to make something that's like not obvious sneaky, but is a good bargain for, for him. Um, because again, there's, there's nobody on open market who they're going to sign at a reasonable cap hit. That's going to be an, an improvement for this team. Um, and they don't have a ton of assets in the prospect pool. You know, maybe, maybe someone will, will bite on a Maggio. Maybe somebody will bite on a, on a William DeFore or an Iskakov. Um, but you know, largely right now, the, the talk is how good this draft is. Well, the Islanders aren't going to be getting this player that they're drafting for the next three or four seasons. Trade it, trade it, yeah. get a player that's going to help you now. And that is, I mean, for my money, if, if I'm looking at the list of who's available right now, like I was going through the teams before we hit record, like declares at the top, he might be even number one, like yeah, he's, I, he's I, available, he's cheap and he's an, he's, he's an upgrade. I agree. I and I think the more that we kind of talk through this, I do think that he's, you know, barring the injury and, and his ability to kind of continue to play. I don't think he's done. Like his career's done, but just you, you never know. Sometimes it takes a player, Anders Lee, for instance, a, a little bit of time to come back after an injury. And I can't remember exactly what his injury was. But I think the player and, you know, former teammate of Duclair, albeit for a very short time in Chicago, um, Alex Dabrinkat. Uh, I, I don't think the Islanders can ultimately afford him what he wants to be paid unless they can move some serious money off the books and Varlamov comes back for a steal and so on and so forth. I think he's the pie in the sky type player where you're bang on the money, 30 goals, especially on a line with Barzell and Horvat where he, he makes a ton of sense. But I agree with you that I think continue as you've started. That's what I would, you know, suggest to Lamorello. And I think they're kind of forced to do that with, with the way their cap situation is. Um, and, you know, just what they need in the lineup. I, I think he fits maybe even better than a Jabrin cat, just considering he is a little bit, tougher and he played a very similar style with Florida last year and in the last few years. So it's possible he might even be the better fit overall and can really just elevate his game. And as I, you know, argued last time about Barzell, it's time to kind of put up or shut up as far as is he elite? Can he elevate his teammates and, and for Horvat to kind of bring to the table what he was signed here to do. Um, so if both of them can actually turn it on, Duclair, Makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. He's going to be in a contract year. Um, so you you have to believe he's going to, you know, not that he's not putting in maximum effort, but coming off an injury, you need to prove that you're you're still relevant and can play. And um, he's not really been lighting it up, so to speak. But it, I, I think well, it's really I'll, important for him to kind of I'll step in this. and play well. I'll say this for Declare. I mean, he only had 20 games under his belt this year because, like I said, he came back from that injury. He had nine points, two goals and seven assists. And then in the playoffs, not too shabby either. 20 games, four goals, 11 points. He's a half-point player, you know, and again, small sample size. But, you know, you look at his year before, 30 goals, 58 points in 74 games. He's over a point-per-game player. So I, I think that, you know, like well, you said, the, he, he's, not been, cost... he's not been a point-per-game player in his career. No, 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 by, uh, no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying over half a point. Oh, oh. Player. I mean, I, and I think that's it. When you, it's 
looking at just the stat page and really not knowing him as a player, it's underwhelming. It, it doesn't seem like, oh, wow, he's the first line winger that the Islanders have been missing. But as we discussed and kind of questioned, we don't really know who that player is and what the mix is. He seems tough. He's a lot quicker than an Andrews Lee. He does kind of go to the net. Maybe he's got the same kind of goal scoring ability and maybe even a little bit better than, say, a Kyle Palmieri, where he, he does have a nose for the net. He can play a little tougher. Um, so adding something like that to the lineup versus someone in pure skill, although we'd like to see that, as you mentioned, I, do, I don't think it's realistic as far as what the Islanders are actually able to do and that the assets that they have. And we realize we're recording on the day of the draft. So something may happen tonight or even you might even know more than we do at this moment as you're listening to it. Um, and a trade may have already happened. And I don't think Lamarell is afraid of of giving up, you know, simply giving up a draft. Nassim and Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. I do want to move into Lamorello. I saw a lot of hate about, you know, after the Toffoli trade in particular, saw a lot of Lamorello hate, which is warranted to a degree. But to go on a little bit of a rant here, uh, which I know you'll all be surprised. The problem isn't that Lou didn't get to Foley or make any kind of trade so far or that he won't make a trade this summer, like whatever the case is. I don't think hating him and being mad at Lamorello is the top thing. Like the fact that he didn't make a move is not the top thing to be mad about. And I want people to be mad for the right reasons because I'm all for justice and principle. Lou even admitted yesterday though he did deflect the blame, that the problem was 
not being able to predict and who could some of the cap issues in the NHL. But he didn't set the team up for success, regardless of what the cap situation was with asset management, developing players. Because you got to think someone from three or four years ago, in theory, even given COVID and all the stoppages, somebody should be coming up. Now, they traded some of those guys. Ratu will develop in the next couple of years. Um, Simon Holmstrom, who even knows, he's still on the Islanders. Wallstrom, same kind of thing. A lot to be desired, but still very young. That's kind of the issue as, as I see it. And I want us, again, to be mad for the right reasons. This is more about his inability to see. And, and, and like I said, you could be you could debate that. I think up and down, but being able to adjust to those things over the years and kind of over signing a guy like Peugeot, right? I don't, I think he adds a lot of value. He's his underlying numbers are not great. He does get a lot of defensive zone starts, but at $5 million, it's tough. It's, it's tough to swallow that. And even at three and a half saving a million and a half dollars, I don't even think we're having the conversation about a guy like Peugeot, but at the time, he was somebody that the honors needed and he did they did get their money's worth at the time. But there's a lot of just cap kind of I want to call it mismanagement, but in a, you know a flavor of that. I do you feel similarly about where the the honors current situation even though we know the cap did go up to 83 and a half and that in the coming years it'll, you know, seemingly in the in 2 yeah. years it'll go up 8 million dollars compared to now. So it'll be around the 90 million dollar mark. And next year, four plus, so on and so forth. Do you, do you kind of feel the same way? Uh, you know, quote, yeah. being bad for the right reasons. Yeah, I mean, and listen, like, you know, the, the point was well stated. You know, everybody everybody did what they were um, or, or worked as they were, meaning the general managers, uh, with the assumption that the cap was going to go up. And nobody, nobody could have foreseen what happened, right? Nobody could, could have foreseen the world shutting down for a couple of years and the, the cap being, you know, hard at, at only going up a million bucks per year um you know for the for the last four years so it's it's been tough as it's been tough on Lamorello and I I guess it was a bit of a, a learning um you know learning situation for him because you know I and you know not to bring it back to the devil's game but you know listening to the way Tom Fitzgerald um you know conducts his business he said he's like you know I you can't assume anything in this league I work as you know, the, the cap is 83 and a half million today. That's what I'm going to assume it is next year. And, you know, I'm not going to assume it's going to be a dollar more. So that's how I work within my salary cap. And, you know, I think Lamarillo is going to have to take on that mindset because, again, you're signing, you know, and, and this isn't something I think that he would he would do differently. But you sign Matthew Barzell to, you know, eight, eight years at nine point one five million dollars. Well, if that was before covid, you know, he might have had plans to add, you know, uh, some other players, you know, I, let's say for instance, Anders Lee, he, he might not have signed Anders Lee to seven by seven. You know, that, that was something that he, he did thinking the cap is going to go up. We'll have plenty of room. It's going to be fine. Right. So uh, that, that's, that's where I'm at with it. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow um, because, you know, hindsight is obviously 2020. So you can't sit here and be like, he should have known. Um, but, you know, now that he knows moving forward, like you can't depend on these things. Like literally, I'm, I'm not even joking. As I'm saying this to you, 
I just got an email to my inbox that the confirmed confirmed salary cap for next year is going to be $83.5 million. It's been speculated yeah. for weeks. Yeah, I saw that. It was uh, reported yeah. a little bit yesterday, too. But yes. yeah. But I just got the email from from PR, NHL PR, that it's $83.5 million. People were saying for weeks before, you know, let's say before Monday, that, oh, it might go up to, uh, it, it might go up to 84, it might go up to 85. You know, we, we might have a little bit of wiggle room here. And then sure enough, no, no wiggle room at all. So yeah, he's definitely been a victim of circumstance. Um, but, you know, in the same breath for me, there were ways out of this. It's just yeah. a heavy investment in a lot of guys that, and and really maybe it's you know you question a guy a Ross Johnson signing you question as 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 much for, um, sorry about that, the, uh, kind of questioning how much you signed Peugeot for. Um, other than that, I don't know. I don't know who is an overpayment. Well, look, I'll I'll say at, this at, it, at this point. It might not even be oh who's an overpayment who's an underpayment right well, if something's if something's not working right change it look at the current Stanley Cup champions look at the Vegas Golden Knights I hundred percent agree with this we weren't winning with Mark Andre Fleury sorry trade him we'll figure it out we need a we need a number one overall defenseman we're gonna go get Alex Petrangelo we'll figure out who we're gonna get rid of later we're getting the player you know oh we want Jack Eichel. Here's Alex Tuck. He was an original. He was a favorite. Sorry. See you later. I definitely agree. And I think that's where I don't expect. I think the, the Knights are like the overcorrection to Lamarillo, who is very loyal. But there needs to be something here. I, I think it's it's tough. I, there are some guys that actually deserve it. Palmieri is probably overpaid. That might be a little uh, another one that's that's a little tough. Um, he's a top six forward for the Islanders, maybe not across the league. Maybe he's more of a middle six kind of guy. Um, but, you know, you would see with uh, an Engvall type signing, I imagine that that might be an overpayment. Although I, I don't know about the overpayment to stay on the island as a thing as much anymore. Um, this is may have turned into more of a, this is what the going rate is for a lot of players. Eight, eight, eight and a half seems to just be what the rate is for top six forwards um, that are flirting with elite status or at least, you know, superstar status in the NHL. Um, but you need to be able to figure that out and keep it. You, you can't do what Toronto did, for instance. Obviously, that's way too much money for that and they can't build around it. But the Islanders have long had the foundation without the critical mass of players that can actually get them to the next level. They have some of them, but they just, when a Bavillier doesn't quite work out or so on and so forth, it's, it's tough. You're just kind of striking out on these younger guys that aren't really moving the needle the way that you need them to older players that just can't hang. It's a really bad intersection for them to just simply be in. I think that's kind of it. You have, you have Bailey, you have Bavillier, you have a Wallstrom, um, aging Mayfield, like you, you were just at a weird place where the yeah. players that it just didn't all line up together. And you can't blame Lamorello for that, but on the outside and trying to, as you said, you either have to be a little more ruthless with your system or deal with it and, and kind of own up to it. Because his quote was, 
we're in this position because of what happened with assumptions, which it's a real bad word um, of where the cap would be. So some of the signings that we made three years ago, we would not have done because in your planning, you also know what the progression will be and can be because of where the revenues are going. Some of this is the NHL just being stubborn and Gary Bettman and blah, blah, blah. Because I think the owners want the cap to go up way more. But that's just not where it is. So they're pausing it yet another year as they work out escrow and kind of all this other stuff, which some people are saying will be paid off even before the season starts. So they're playing their own game. I think they're only hurting themselves. But I don't, I don't want to like harp on that for too long. I just saw that as an argument yesterday or conversation on Twitter. And it, and it bugged me because I wanted us to, you know, it's not about that he didn't trade for Toffoli. Like, be mad at Lamorello for actual reasons. Um, and you never know. Toffoli's not old, but he's older. Um, there are other options, as we discussed, in a guy like Duclair that can really work for his next contract for the Islanders and fit in really well. Not that Toffoli wouldn't have, but there are still some other options. Lamorello has been creative on the trade market. So if we're going to have hope in any aspect of how he's GMing, I, I, I think this is okay. Um, other players, you know, Dan last week, who uh, two weeks ago, who was our guest, um, you know, saying it's going to be a quiet week. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if, if that's the case. Kurz has also said the same thing, that it could just be a quiet week for the Islanders, other than trying to push off the Josh Bailey buyout as long as possible to see if someone will bite. That could change the trajectory. So we'll see. Can they use a second to trade with Florida to get Duclair, or are they attaching that? To Bailey, and maybe you're you're sending next year's second to Florida um, as a bet on yourself that it's going to be a low pick in the second round anyway to get Duclair, right? So there's uh, that's a little tough. bit of the issue here. Yeah, it's it's tough because I think Florida's just looking for the cap dump, so they're not going to take the you know three and a half million bucks back uh, or actually five million dollar cap hit from. Sorry, I'm uh, not saying I'm not suggesting Bailey for Duclair, I'm saying oh, okay. you can't trade this year's second round pick for Duclair because you need to get rid of Bailey somehow to right, whomever. Right, right. So you're attaching right. a second to Bailey to trade. And then are you trading the 2024 second round pick to Florida for Duclair? Granted, you're betting on yourself, like I said, that it's going to be a low second round pick. So it's it's kind of the Islanders are in a tough position. They need their first round pick next year, one way or another, even if it's a low. Hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed it's 32 right yeah so we're we're they're in a weird spot where i think they need to bet on themselves but they do need to be careful that look if it doesn't work this year there's a serious change that needs to happen outside of you know the guys that are signed for a pretty long term here um but everyone else needs to be considered you know that there's some guys that all only have a year or two left uh looking at lee and nelson and things like that where it may just be time. You need to be able to clear out some space here. Some are going to be harder than others, but as you said about Vegas, they, they kind of just need to do what they need to do. And I, I do want to stick on, um, I know it's a little, we're going out of order here, but we're, I'm on a little bit of a time crunch this morning. Um, I, I want to stick on Lamorello. So he spoke to members of the media yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to see some of those things. Um, Kurz reported as many others did. Um, that's the person who I saw it from first. The Prize has not decided to come back quite yet. 
It, well, funny phrasing. He hasn't decided if he's going to continue to play. Okay, I, I think that's I think that's fair. How does it make you feel? I, I I have a thought or two on that, but is that limbo? Granted, it's only it's less than a million dollars, so it doesn't really. Rather, it shouldn't play that much of a a role. Um, but it does have some roster implications. How do you feel about that comment? Where do we go from here? Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, again, I don't think this is a I don't want to be back with the Islanders type thing. He said he only wants to play with the Islanders or he's going to retire. I think he's just wondering if he has anything left in the tank. I think he does based on how good he played uh, when he you know, was I mean, as soon as last season, he scored over 20 goals. Um, but, you know, maybe he just doesn't have the the fire anymore. Maybe it's just not in him. So um, as far as far as roster implications look like the Islanders were lucky to get a 20 goal scorer uh, at pennies on the dollar. And that's not going to happen again. Like if he's gone, they're going to end up having to pay maybe even a lesser player a little bit more money. So there's going to be even less money to go around yeah. for Lamorello to use. So well that bottom um, six just drastically I, changes yeah. in so much as we kind of discussed what that fourth line, third and fourth lines might look like. And you know a Parise Suzikas fashing fourth line is very, very appealing. Granted that means Clutterbuck and Martin are either extra forwards with Ross Johnston. I don't know how that works. Talk about a buyout. I, I don't know why you're not just getting I don't know what it would save you. Um, if only the roster spot, but I, I'm just put him in the minors, ha- wave him, whatever the case is. I don't know if he has a one way contract. I, maybe it doesn't matter, but that's really frustrating that you would have two or three guys, uh, you know, that you just you aren't even comfortable with playing anymore. Um, because and you have, you know, if you sign it, if you're, at, you're able to get Duclair, and as you've mentioned many times, players are pushed down the lineup, and Lee, Pejo, Wallstrom is your third line. And as we discussed the fourth line before, I don't know what you do. Like there, are, there's so many roster problems that are solved with Parise coming back, but there's so many more with without him coming back in just the level of play that you're getting from your bottom six. Right? You can live with Pejjo being more of a defensive player, although he struggled with that, um, and a penalty killer among you know many other things. If Parise scoring you 20 goals or even 15 goals a season, without him. You're putting a lot of pressure on Walsham to step up, on Peugeot to step up, for Lee to continue to score at a 20-plus goal clip on the third line without the access to the top six minutes and skill. Um, and then you're really crossing your fingers that Clutterbuck can do anything, that Fashing can maybe even chip in. Like yeah. You're asking a lot of Parise, and what's crazy is he took on the offensive responsibility of maybe like an entire line by himself and how versatile he was and all that. So it puts, I feel like the entire roster somehow in question, especially if it's going to be really hard for them to get a top line winger, right? Not suggesting Parise be on the top line, but it just screws up your, as you said, you're pushing players down. Lee almost has to be on your first line again, which Lee and, and Barzell have just not clicked the same way. Um, in in more recent past so it's it's very frustrating uh, that's kind of how i feel about it you're just crossing your fingers that parise can even come back at all um really quickly there's there's unless you have a, a, another thought on on parise 
no no that that's really it i mean you said it best like every, every <laughs> i've been saying that everybody needs to kind of just be knocked down a peg into their their rightful place and uh you know parise kind of pushes everybody out a peg uh further away so if it doesn't happen that would be tough um unsurprisingly no update on bailey um i was surprised i'm still surprised that he's being so forthcoming with that that he's being this transparent about things um that's kind of wild to me but we'll see how that shakes out in the coming days um something else and it may have just been the wording of how it was being reported but a lot of people kind of said the same thing so the thread here i think is similar um he said no decisions have been made regarding the coaching staff. Now I read that to not mean Lambert and and Mitch Corn, who said we'll be back despite the connection to, to Trotz in Nashville. Do you think it means Lambert is uh, again, he seems to be like bought in on on Lambert's the guy and that it's maybe the rest of the the coaching staff that needs to be shaken up a little bit. It's not going to be any kind of flashy names. I don't think I'm, I'm not really sure who on the assistant coach, power play coach kind of um, people are available, but what, what's your thought on that comment? Yeah, I think it's just the supporting cast. I think, you know, Lamorello already did confirm that, you know, uh, Lambert will be back. Um, I think it's just a matter of taking a look at, how were we defensively? How were our special teams? And, uh, you know, where, what changes can we make there? Who might be available to help make us better? So um, I, I think that it was underwhelming this year. And, you know, changes could certainly be made um, just to improve in those aspects. I think La Lambert's job, at least for now, is safe. Um, you know, you heard how complimentary Lamorello was about how Lambert held everything together down the stretch in the season whether you agree with that or not, that that, that was uh, Lamorello's thoughts on it. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think that, that's just alluding to, you know, who's the supporting cast going to be um, a lot of movement, you know, before all the player movement has been happening recently, a lot of, a lot of coaching movement, you know, went down uh, within the last couple of weeks, you know, Bruce Boudreaux is still out there, right. He's still a guy that's... who could certainly be, you know, behind a, an NHL bench in some capacity. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. No, and that's talking about a surprise kind of addition to the team, either behind the bench or on the ice. That's definitely something that stands out, you know, thinking about the coaching staff and a guy like Boudreaux. You never know. Um, he has had success. Um, I think as an assistant, he might add a lot of value to what Lambert's trying to do. Yeah. So we'll... And, you know, we'll I don't even... I don't think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Islanders have an associate. They just have assistance. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't like that kind of like uh, let's call it bureaucratic kind of hierarchy. Um, I, I don't know that. It, I don't know how they kind of deal with that, but I think they just need a shakeup of ideas. Like clearly, was it Jamie McLennan was the or McLean was the um, like power play? Like it, it, that just has been horrid for such a long time. Like that, it just needs to. Right. It needs to change. It's not. He's not going to bring anything new to the table. He's not going right. to all of a sudden three months just like have this new idea. Um, he's not going to Ted Lasso it and just come up with something that's super novel, but also had been done before, but no one's really doing. Um, for those of you who watch the show, total football, blah, blah, blah. So 
I don't think he's going to be doing that because if it, if it was, he'd already done he'd already done it. He would have made the change, um, which has been a problem with the coaching staff. I think just not being able to adapt and not just getting out coached, but not really raising the level of the team to where it needs to be, um, and just adapting to what the the players also need to do this on their own. Um, they are adults and professionals, but the coaching staff also is, you know, I, I think held responsible for, for some of that. Um, yeah, certainly kind of deal with some of the signings. Uh, Schneider is not expected to be back. He's uh, looks like he's going to Europe. Yeah. Um, and which is a bummer. Uh, I think Jonathan Bernier and Schneider, the falls from grace there were tough to watch um, injuries and, and, and so forth. So wish him the best of luck if that's where he ultimately lands and um, maybe he can come back to the NHL. He's, he's definitely on the older side, but at least he's playing a little bit of hockey. I think that's important. Um, he did. Lemrel also mentioned that there were a few RFAs not qualified, but didn't say who I don't think a player like Bodie wild would be incredibly surprising to hear. There might be some others. Obviously I don't think that means Wallstrom. Um, and Bolduc, who I believe was an RFA, has already resigned. So I don't, I'm not I'm not sure who else is really left there that of any kind of consequence. And not a knock on any of them, but they're not NHL players at this point. Um, and we haven't really heard much about any of them. Um, and I don't want to speculate too too much. Um, the schedule also was dropped. Yes. What do you think about that? It seemed like there was uh, quite a bit of good news as far as the Islanders were concerned. Uh, elaborate. Four games against the Rangers that are not all oh, before yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, De- definitely only, good. Only two four-game road trips, kind of in the middle of the season. And 11 back-to-backs. Now, I don't know how that necessarily, and that's um, from TLO Mitch, our friend. Um, go make sure you check out up the turnpike and deckhands. Um, you know, I don't know how that compares to other years, 11 back to backs, but you circle those on your calendar as times when the honors need two goalies. And that makes Farlamov kind of extra, extra important. Yeah. Um, really depending on where they are throughout the season, but I guess you never know. Um, any kind of, any thoughts on it, on that stuff? It seems like it's pretty, no, I just I wasn't sure but... what you meant by how like the the good news of it on your end because from my end you know like you said that the two four game road trips being being the longest for the whole season that was something I noticed as well. It seems like the NHL tried to do the players a favor in not doing these two week road trips. I none for the Islanders. I didn't see any for the Devils. So I think that's definitely a positive uh, for the, the health and benefit of the players and all involved uh, when it comes to traveling that way. So um, I thought it was a really good schedule this year uh, as far as how the schedule makers approached it. Um, and, you know, getting, was it just three meetings between the Islanders and Rangers last year? Right. So it's yeah, good and they were all before back. I think they were all before the end of the year too, like yeah. the calendar year. In, in December. I do think that the there's, I do think that there is some time before the Islanders and the Rangers meet. It's um, until February. Yeah. They don't meet until February. Yeah. So that's a little like, why can't we do it a little more often? But um, 
you know, is what it is. You know, if, if, if you have to sacrifice seeing the Rangers until later in the season to have less time on the road for some reason, if that's how it worked out, then you, you take that, that sacrifice. They also play the Rangers twice to end the season along with the Devils and the Penguins with the Habs um, sandwich in between there somewhere. So that was a good way. If, if all those teams are going to be competitive again and kind of fitting, uh, fighting for a playoff spot, um, that's way more exciting, adding in the rivalry plus a potential playoff rivalry and getting in and all of that. I, I think that's uh, that's great for both teams involved and uh, yeah. all, all three teams, four teams, whatever. Um and the Metro and all that kind of stuff, it's way, way more exciting than, um, I don't know, Columbus or whatever. I know they're division rivals, but who knows where they're going to be and in different things to end the season. Although uh, the Islanders are pretty close to blowing it there, regardless of who they they played to end the season. Um, and you saw that, that the Penguins absolutely blew it against Chicago. So you never know. Um, it does. Every game is exciting. Parody, whether you like it or not, um, has kind of created that. But. This is definitely you absolutely circle the end of the season on your, you know, on the calendar for a lot of reasons. This makes it an infinitely more exciting from just like a very basic level. Um, I know we're, we're like rushing through today. It's um, I know, like I said, I have a little bit of a hard stop here, but um, any other thoughts, closing thoughts, anything on Mayfield that, you you know, I wonder if he even comes back at this point. Yeah, uh, if they can get him like that, like we've talked about to, to death about the numbers, is is it worth trying to go after somebody else? You don't really have the money if you're going to go get a declare for three million dollars. What's left on the other side? What does that mean that you can even do? Look, I, I I said this earlier. I'll say it again. Like I just look at some of the acquisitions that some of these teams have made in the last couple of days. You know, Sean Dersey from the Kings to the Coyotes for a second round pick. Uh, you know, Hall and Felino went to the Blackhawks for basically free. Like these players are available and and listening to, you know, Friedman and Marek earlier today, they dropped an episode of 32 thoughts this morning. They said there are a ton of other players who are available for basically nothing. Go get one of those guys. Go get two there's of dollars guys. attached to that, right? And right. I think it's, you you're looking at $5 right million, dollars, six, you I mean, it's getting the right guys. And I, and I think that's perfectly fair. It's just a matter of, all right, so you're not going to bring in Mayfield. So you have that hole in your top six and then you have one, on D, arguably right. too, right? I think Sebastian Ajo is a huge question mark. Bolduc's a question mark. Um, Absolutely. My point Romanoff is... is good, but he needs to step up. So, like, there's a lot of just eh, situations with the Islanders back oh, end 100%. and not a lot of money. So, if you can move Bailey... Well, that's the other thing. How do you, like, how do you bring back the team, right? Even if Parise doesn't, Engvall does, Varlamov does, uh, Mayfield doesn't, that's still, like, the, the, the math ain't mathing. No, I hear you. Okay. And the, the the point is that there's a ton of these guys who are available. You have to go like it, it's it's easy to be like, oh, we might not be very active this week. Meanwhile, every other team in the NHL is basically just making a ton of transactions. Like, you know, look at what the Avalanche just did in getting Ryan Johansson for nothing. They traded Alex Galchenyuk. The Avalanche got him at 50% retention. The, the, uh, Predators aren't resigning Galchenyuk. He's going right to free agency. They got him for free. You know, teams are are, are retaining salary. Like the, there is a way to make the right moves, the calculated moves, and and you know even be able to to offload a guy like Bailey. 
depending on where, you know, who, who's willing to take him. I know the Arizona rumors were debunked. I know the Anaheim rumors were debunked, but somebody somewhere will take Bailey for one year. So there's yeah. a way to make these things happen. You just got to get creative. And I think that's it. And that's ultimately the question for Lamarillo. How do you get creative? I don't know that we've necessarily seen that from him. And there's certainly been times where um, probably prior to last season where he could have done that. And that doesn't mean signing certain guys, but, and I'll, and I'll say this too. And it's because someone had pointed out the core isn't exactly intact. He is, you know, with Bailey, Bavillier, it, it's not like they're keeping, you know, the future with Ratu. It's not like he's overly loyal all the time, but there needs to be a, a continued step in that direction, I think, to just being okay with if another team sees an asset on your team and you see an asset on theirs, how do you make it work? Because there, there could be something there. Um, you just need to be willing to listen. And he says that that's the case, but it's just not always the the result, even though he's made... I think good trades and like big things. There's still more that that can be done. And um, again, by the time you're hearing this, you probably know a little bit more about uh, anything that did happen. If, if Lamarill did make that change or any changes or trades or whatever. So we um, hopefully we can be back next week and I'm all ready to go or I'm still here and it doesn't really matter. Um, that might be all that we have this week. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's it. I think hopefully we'll have more uh, conclusions to talk about next week rather than speculation. Fingers crossed. Something. Something to talk about. Because um, if nothing happens, I don't know. Might be a quick one minute. Great. Shrug our <laughs> shoulders. See you later. Um, and might, uh, I'm not really sure. Maybe a how, press release. Yeah. <laughs> it might. Yeah, it might just be yeah, a tweet. Um, see you next <laughs> week. Peace emoji. Um, all right. Let's. Let's wrap it up. Um, thanks for joining us today. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassiman Hockey. You can find James' work at New Jersey Hockey Now and the fourth period. And make sure you check out Isles Fix, an excellent curated Islanders newsletter for all the things that we miss or things that uh, come up in between shows. Um, definitely show them your support. James, bring us home. Until next time, all. Let's go Islanders.